I'm reading from Ephesians chapter 1 this morning, uh, verse 11 through verse 19. It says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Verse 15, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So God says he wants to illuminate our hearts so that we can know three things. Number one, Paul says, the hope of your calling. Number two, the riches of his inheritance in the saints. And number three, the great power for us who believe. Let me express it three ways. Number one, you have a future. Number two, you have a treasure inside you. And number three, you have an incredible power available to you. Let's take a look at all three this morning as we kick off a new year. First, you have a future. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. They're good, not evil, to give you a hope and a future. So no matter how sucky your life has been, it has not negated the fact God still has that great future awaiting your arrival. It's really up to you. He has not changed his mind one bit. God says, my gifts and my callings are irrevocable. God doesn't change his mind no matter how many ups and downs we might have. You have a future no matter how bad your life may be at the moment or how bad it's been. He says, you have a calling on your life. You're called by God. Now, that's quite a privilege. I've been with two men who have received personal calls from the president. I was riding in the car with Pastor Ray McCauley in Johannesburg, South Africa, when he received a personal call from then President Nelson Mandela on his cell phone. And I thought, that's cool. Yeah, not many of us will receive a call from the president but every one of us has received a much higher invitation. You received a call from God Almighty. He's called you. It's nice to be chosen. It's nice to be picked. I don't know, but some of you might have been the little kid nobody picked for a team. Or maybe you were the one they always picked last. And that will really build a little bit of an inferiority complex on you. So it's nice to be chosen. And if we really knew what it means to be called by God, most of us wouldn't live like we do. Anytime you feel like garbage, anytime the devil starts telling you you're nothing, it's an indicator it's getting dark in your soul. You better get in the Word and 
as we just sang, shine some light in your heart. You've been staring too long at your problems and too little at a great big God. If God called you, nothing has changed the fact you still have a future. God told Abram when he was a younger man, you're going to be the father of many nations. When he was a hundred, it still hadn't happened. Sarah, his wife, was 90. How many of you know things aren't looking real good? But they still had the future God promised in spite. And God reversed the aging process and worked a miracle. And the good news for you, the good news for me, is that whatever God has to back up, stop, open, or recreate, He will to make happen what He's promised over your life. No matter how bad it ha happened, it cannot stop or obliterate what God has purposed for your life. That which He has begun in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Your trouble in the middle doesn't stop it. You need to know that so you can aggressively pursue. Press on. Stay in the fight. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose for them. Nowhere does God say everything that happens to you or me is good, and we could all agree a lot of it's not good. But God says he will work it for my good and for his glory. I have to believe that when my feelings leave me. And so will you. And our feelings are very finicky. They're part of our flesh. And you can't live by feeling. You live by faith and by what God said. If God said, this is what's going to happen, and this is what I'm going to do, and all of a sudden you're hit with a major disaster, a setback, a failure, or a detour, didn't change the plan. You're still, you may be rerouted, but you're still going to get the future that God promised to work in your life. So God has a plan for your life that always gives you a future. I don't care how trashed your life might be, you've got a future. I was talking with a young adult and somebody who had had a, a DWI on his record, and he was uh, talking negatively about how it might hinder him in the future from a good job. I said, look, you've repented of this. It's under the blood of Jesus. It is on a physical record, but God can take something that's nothing and promote it all the way to the top. He's done it all through the Bible. He chooses losers and makes them winners. I said, you're ruling out the fact that God can intervene and give you divine favor. It always is an attribute of our great God. Don't hang on to that past. Believe that God who can do the impossible can do it for you. When God chooses people, he doesn't choose the nicest, the prettiest, the cleanest, the purest. He chooses not from the front of the line like we do. He chooses from the back of the line. He chooses a coward named Gideon. He chooses a stammering murderer like Moses. He chooses uh, a good-looking uh, captive girl in uh, a beauty contest to win the heart of the king of Persia so that she could be queen and save her people from annihilation. I mean, there's no reason for her to be queen except she is beautiful. And the king didn't know she was Jewish and only God, I mean, she was so hot he had amnesia. He didn't care. I don't, I guess. <laughs> I mean, get yourself in the story. God can just override 
somebody who holds the key to your promotion. It's not limited by what your past is. God can, God can make your future come alive, and he can just cause somebody to say, I don't know, I just felt like hiring them. I just felt like they'd fit good here. And as a result, nobody remembers. So don't, let, don't hang on to some bad tragedy. Maybe you were arrested for drugs or something. I think all of us in our youth have done things we regretted, wish we hadn't done, but you're not marked forever. If God's forgiven you and cleansed you, you still have the great future He's promised for you. Trust Him. It may be a little bit of a journey, but trust Him. He can bring this to pass. Don't you abandon your hope or your dream in this new year because of something bad that happened in this past year, all right? Now, sometimes I know it doesn't look that way. It doesn't. It just doesn't. Sometimes it looks like God's not doing anything at all. Sometimes it looks like your file got put on the back of the file cabinet, and then it fell between the wall and the cabinet. But that's never true. You know, a couple of times my wife has forced me at gunpoint to go downtown to a play. A play. They don't shoot anybody in the play. There's no action in the play. But I noticed that in between scenes of a play, everybody's sitting in the dark. And you hear stuff, and you hear footsteps, and you hear stuff being moved on stage. You can't see it. You can hear it, but they're setting the stage. And very often when you feel like nothing's happening in your life, you need to be aware that God never stops working in your life, ever. Even when you don't feel it, you're not aware of it, He's working right there. God never stops working on His plan, not your plan, His plan for your life. So hang on to that promise we read that all things are working for my good because I do love God and I am called according to his purpose. So no hater, nobody else can stop that. They try, they may delay it, they may agitate you, but they cannot stop God's plan for your life. I mean, God can make a silk purse out of a pig's ear. You know that, don't you? I mean, you talk about God taking a mess and working it into his plan. Remember King David? How he rose from a humble shepherd boy in obscurity to become the powerful king of Israel. He loved God. He had a heart after God's own heart. But a good man did a terrible thing. He killed one of his loyal soldiers. Scripture said he saw Bathsheba taking a bath on her roof and decided he wanted her. And although she belonged to his loyal soldier, Uriah, David took her, got her pregnant, then he murdered her husband to try to cover it up. Much later, David regrets his evil. He takes full responsibility and repents. And amazingly, he's right here in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. David is right there. And even more amazing is that when God compares good kings to bad kings in Israel, he always compares them to David as to whether they're good kings or bad kings. David becomes God's standard for a good king. Only God could do that. Only God can do that. And he can do it for you. And it's written. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, what happened back here in the Old Testament was recorded for our encouragement, our instruction. God says, take some hope from this. I can, do, I can make a message out of your big mess. He can. And he's been doing it for years. So only God can take a mess and redeem it. Now, if you haven't made a mess, for God's sake, don't. Don't. But what boundless grace from God that gives you a future no matter what mess you might have made out of your life. That's why we're never hopeless. That's why I don't ever see anybody that comes in this church as hopeless. There's no such thing in God. He's the God of all hope and all comfort. 
I mean, on my worst day, I got hope. It's a sucky day, but I got hope. In the genealogy of Jesus, it reads that David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was, you guessed it, Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, the man David killed. But God puts Bathsheba in the lineage of Messiah. She's an adulteress, and she gets in. It's a triumph of grace. So whatever mess you may be in, you give that life to God, and there's a calling, a plan, and you have a future. Would you just say with me, I have a future? One, two, three, I have a future. You do. Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart might be illuminated so you can see you have a hope of your calling, a future. Second, Paul says, I want you to realize what a rich and glorious inheritance God has in the saints. There's hidden treasure inside you. I remember reading a few years ago in the newspaper about a bag woman who lived in a rundown shack, and when she died, investigators found trash bags filled with money, stocks, and bonds worth millions of dollars. Her rundown life, her rundown shack was sitting on millions of dollars unused. You know, I don't care what treasure you've got. It's no good if you don't use it. Not at all. And I'm right now looking at a room full of perhaps tired and sleepy treasures. Yeah, I'm looking at you. I'm one of them too. There's a treasure in you. What do you mean, Rick? Well, let me read a list of things the New Testament says about you. You're a new creation in Christ. You're a child of God. You're complete in Christ. You are free from the law of sin and death. You have the Holy Spirit within you. You have the mighty gifts of the Spirit. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're God's chosen possession. You're more than a conqueror. You're God's workmanship. You're not trash. You're a partaker of God's divine nature. You are predestined according to His plan. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You've been qualified to share in the inheritance in the saints. You are a joint heir with the Lord Jesus. And that's just some of the stuff God says you have. You've got treasure in you. You don't sit on it. You use it. And the sad thing is a lot of Christians are going to go through life without a clue. They've got a treasure in them. If you get a revelation of the treasure God put in you, it'll change the way you live. Now, pardon me for a flashback to the 70s. Some of you young people won't even know what this is, but there was a sitcom on television weekly called Beverly Hillbillies. Now, I couldn't find an updated, more hip illustration because we had Christmas holidays and the staff is given the time off, but I still have a clip from the Beverly Hillbillies. So watch it. Come and listen to a story about a man named Jed. A poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. And then one day he was shooting at some food. And up to the ground come a bumbling crude. Oh, and that is black gold, Texas tea. Well, the first thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. The kinfolk said, Jed, move away from there. Said, California is the place you ought to be. So they loaded up the truck and they moved to Beverly Hills, that is, swimming pools, movie stars. The Beverly Hillbilly. Oh, 
I know you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't recognize that. I know. I know. But it says what I want to say in the message. A lot of Christians are like Jeb Clampett. They're sitting on untold riches, and they live in a shack spiritually. I'm not talking about where you live materially. I'm talking about your life looks like something run down shack, and yet God's put something in you, a treasure, and you're living way beneath your potential. You've been set free from the power of sin. You're still dominated by sin. I didn't say you couldn't sin. I said being dominated by it is a different thing. Everybody in this room is a sinner, but my God, we're not dominated by it. You're not, uh, you don't have to be under the power of it. Now, if God says that's true, either you believe that or you don't believe that. They're new creations in Christ, but they still feel worthless, condemned, and guilty. They've been given authority over the devil, and yet they're still oppressed by the devil because they're in the dark and don't know the treasure that's within them. God's given you his name. He's given you authority to bind, to loose, resist the devil. He will flee from you, and you lay down like a doormat and let the devil wipe his feet on you month after month and situation after situation, and there's no fight in you. Get up and fight. Let me tell you something. I heard this a week ago. I shared it with a couple of friends. I heard a guy talk who builds uh, retirement centers all over the country. And in the conversation and interview about his great success, this interesting question arose. He said, with elderly people in retirement homes, how do you know when somebody's going to die? It must happen. He said, oh, it happens a lot. He says, the number one factor is if they fall down and can't get up. He said, that's the beginning of the end. And I went, wow bam, kazam, my head. And I know people like that. They had a divorce, but they can't get up. They had, a, they had a rejection, but they can't get over it. They had a setback and a failure in business. They were terminated, got an unemployment deal going, and they gave up. They stopped. They couldn't get back up. And that you got a doctor's announcement that you had some contagious or some uh, terrible disease, and instead of getting up and fighting, you just laid down and submitted to it. See, you've got to get back up. Some of you have been knocked down this year, and I'm telling you right now, you're a dead man if you don't get up. You have got to get, though the righteous man falls seven times, yet the Lord will uphold him. Get yourself up. Come on. Amen. Get back in that fight. It's not over till Jesus says it's over. I mean, give me a break. I don't care who's predicted your future. God's the only one that ultimately holds it. And until he says done, it's still on. If you're still on your feet and you're still breathing, you've still got a future and a hope. God's not done with you yet. You're not dead yet. Now, there's been, I've been given authority, you as a believer, over the devil, but we stay oppressed. We just don't realize we've been given weapons and authority. And we, now, we have to fight. There is a fight. The enemy will oppress you, will attack you, but you don't have to lay down and take it. You have the authority to stop it, intervene, and abate this thing. But you have to fight. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I'm just not much of a warrior. Well, then you just better be. I'm sorry. You're going to get beat up, chewed up, and spit out. You better yeah, yeah, you can go to heaven, but boy, what an ugly mess you're going to be when arrival. And you may get there a lot sooner than you should have been there. Come on. You got to have some fight in you. 
When you see that in your children, you, you want to temper it with righteousness, of course, but it's good to have some fight in you. I like to see people suddenly get, you push them a little too far, and a little spunk rises up in them. Push back. Push back. Absolutely. Don't you be pushed around by anybody or anything. God didn't make you to be a punching bag for the enemy or through people. Well, now, the devil, I've discovered, is a deceitful appraisal. He doesn't want you to know your true value. So he'll always undervalue you to you. And from your own thoughts and feelings, from other people's opinions about you, he will deceive you into thinking you are worthless. You're not worth much. And all that comes from the evil one to beat you down and make you think you're a failure, you're a loser, you're worthless. Now, what does Jesus call him? A liar, John chapter 8. He's a liar and the father of all lies. If his lips are moving and he's talking to you, he's lying. That's what a liar does. Ever been in your... Okay, I got to... Not you young people. We got satellite radio. It's clear everywhere in the world you go. But I had AM and then, thank God, FM came along, right? But, I, but how many of you remember that if you travel too far listening to one station, another station a little more powerful would override it? Would just come, anybody remember that? Would just come right over it. I'm the young people, just take my word for it, okay? I know. I got satellite radio too, but it goes back. Now, I had a friend a couple of years ago from St. Louis who said years ago he was driving uh, through the state and he was listening to a channel and a pastor was speaking on the fact that God loves you so much. And he said he had a deep FM radio voice. Beautiful. God loves you so much. And then the radio signal began to fade, and a rock station came over the pastor's voice with the song, You're No Good, You're No Good, Baby, You're No Good. And then the radio signal jumped back. God loves you so much. And then he jumped back again. I'm going to say it again. You're no good. You're no good. You're no good. Baby, you're no good. And the devil will do that to you every day if you let him. God's coming with his message. I love you. You're precious. You're valuable to me. And the devil says, you're nothing. You're worthless. A couple of times in my boredom, I've surfed and turned on the antique road show. People bring in old junk that they got in a garage sale or somebody gave them, and maybe they paid $5 or $20 for it, and the antique expert values it at $20,000. And the day I watched, I saw one guy who paid $50 for a painting and got $3.5 million for it. Wouldn't you hate to be the person who sold it for 50 bucks? Some of you are doing that. You're marking yourself down to 50 bucks, and you're worth a million dollars. Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of chili. Don't you sell your value. Don't you let anybody devalue what God says is priceless. See, Esau didn't see any value in the birthright. He let it go, but Jacob did, and the rest is history. Satan benefits when you undervalue the treasure within you because he knows that if we think we can't, we won't even try. If we think God won't do it for us, we won't even ask him. 
If we think we're worthless, we'll never boldly step out in faith to do something great for God. I have in my pocket, I don't know how long it'll last, I have a $100 bill, a real $100 bill. It's real. But you need to know something. From the day this $100 bill was created, it was used and abused. It's experienced terrible, terrible abuse. It's been involved in criminal activity. It's bought drugs. It's been in sexual immorality. It's bought 30 minutes of kaboom and pleasure, four lap dances. I don't know, Bobby, is that right? I don't know. I don't know how much it costs. It's been stolen. It's been used for bribery. It's terrible. This is dirty money. I wonder if anybody still like to have that $100 bill. Oh, Lord, look at here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you why. Hey, look at at Big Jim. All right, Jim. Now, I'm going to tell you why Jim wanted that, enough to risk embarrassment that I might not give it. I can't do that but once in uh, multiple services. I'm broke now. But I'll tell you why he wanted it. No matter how bad of circumstances that $100 bill's been through, it's not what it's been through that determines its value. It's what the Creator has determined its value to be. So the United States Treasury has deemed that $100 bill to be worth $100 regardless of what it's been through. And that's exactly what the enemy doesn't want you to know. Your value is based on what your Redeemer and your Creator said you were worth. You were worth the death of God Almighty, the blood of Jesus. Yeah, you were. And nothing, nothing has diminished that one penny. Nothing you've been through has changed it. So that's, that's important. You've got to learn to love yourself. You've got to love yourself before you can love other people. Love yourself, love others as you love yourself, Jesus said. See, undervaluing the treasure neutralizes you. But Scripture says we're God's workmanship, His treasured treasure. Don't wait till eternity to find out what your real value is. Find out now. It'll change the way you live. Okay, again, say with me, there's a treasure in me. There's a treasure in me. So Paul says that you may know the hope of your calling. You have a future. Second, that you may know the riches of His inheritance. There's a treasure in you. And third, that you may know the greatness of His power. There's a power available to you and me. Now, we love to watch Yoda train the Jedis to use the Force. Or we watch Crouching Tiger to see people fly. But that's fantasy. I'm not talking about something spectacular. I'm talking about the supernatural power of God's Holy Spirit. In fact, that is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Ephesians 1, verse 19. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power, talking about the Holy Spirit, is the same as the mighty power he exerted when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. And that same spirit that did that for Jesus' dead body is in you and in me. And Paul is praying we will see what we already have. That power is available to bless you 
and to bless others through you. It's a power to do anything God calls, not anything you want to do, anything God calls you to do. I can do that through Christ Jesus and the power of His Spirit. It enables me to do what I could not do naturally. It's not magic, it's supernatural. See, what good is a desk flying around in some room like Harry Potter? Duh, that doesn't help anybody. But God's Holy Spirit is given to help us do good. Acts 10, verse 38. And no doubt you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Then Jesus went about doing good. God's power is available always over a need. God's primary purpose for empowering you is not to be felt, it's to help people. God's power is never over your lazy boy chair. It's over the unloved, the unwanted, and the outcast. If you want to go where the power is, you go find a need and meet it. And whether you lack resources or the ability or skill, God will give you divine power to do what most people would say can't be done. You can't do that. Not in your own strength, you can't. But through Christ Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit, I can do anything he's told me. I can endure suffering for a season if I have to. I can endure a setback if I have to. I can go through pain. And like the early apostles and martyrs, I can go through suffering and being burned alive or being uh, crucified if that is what God's called me to be. He gives you grace for anything he calls you to do. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that gives people to press on with their life in spite of a tragic loss or setback. We have people in here who have had to bury their own child. What a, what a disastrous heartbreak. What a, what a, what, what, it's like ripping your guts out. And some people, when they fall down, they can't get back up. And their life pretty much, what happened to so-and-so? So, well, they lost a child or, well, they had a divorce or, well, and they just dropped away. Couldn't get up. But we've got people in here, I'm thinking of Percy and Danielle, who, who lost their beautiful daughter in a big, big two-year battle or more with cancer, but uh, she's with Jesus, love the Lord, she used to be here, and yet they took the blow, but with God's grace and God's strength, they got back up. I'm sure there are moments on birthdays and Christmas when they see a picture and reflect on Tori and they remember and there's a moment of sadness, but it has not affected their, their, their purpose. Their, their mission in God continues. They serve this body. They serve faithfully uh, married families and they, they got back up. They got up. Now, some of you have had a lot less than that happen. I'm telling you, get up. Get up and look 2017 in the face and say, go ahead, make my day. I dare you. Go ahead. Hit me with your best shot. Fire away. I don't want to get on that train. I can't get off. So you want to go where the power is? You go. Find a need and then meet it. Lord, show me how to help people. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good. You have a future. No matter how messed up you may be at the moment, you come to Jesus Christ, and I promise you, he gives you a future so bright you'll have to wear sunglasses. Second, you got a treasure in you. you got some equipment, major stuff going on in you. You need to act like it, talk like it, walk like it, let people know it. I'm around somebody different, somebody that knows what they know about what they have. And third, you've got a power available to you to go through to achieve anything 
that God has put in your future, you can deal with it. I don't care if it's hurt, betrayal, somebody stole something from you, you have the ability to rise back up. If the Holy Spirit can take a dead body of Jesus Christ and raise it to life, and now He lives in me, you tell me there's anything I can't get up from. I can get back up. Dust myself off. Let the Lord be my, 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 the one who bears my burden, heals my heart, and makes me well. Right? He can do it. Come on, let's give Him a big shout this morning. You have a great future. Be expectant this year. Something good is going to happen to you, and God's working it out now. Don't you dare draw back in fear. Don't be intimidated under the guilt of your past. God says, if you'll confess your sin, I won't even remember it anymore. There's no recollection of it at all. And the devil always wants to condemn and accuse and make you guilty because he just keeps you paralyzed knowing you'll never be a threat to him. So for a lot of you, you could just say, as of today, I'm not a floor mat for the enemy. I'm not a punching bag. I'm pushing back in Jesus' name. For more information on Summit Christian Center and Rick Godwin, visit SummitSA.com and connect with us on social media.